nobody talks about Pharaoh's pants very often, but they're there. It was her most cherished jewel. I just get sort of um, rather excited by the fact that I'm on the very spot. It's the only one of Fabergé's eggs that looks like an egg. I love this fact they sort of stop for lunch halfway through the rebellion. He actually reaches down into the guy's throat and gets the diamond back. Welcome to History Gems, where today's episode is a real family affair. We'll be delving into the history of a company who once served a czar and whose jewellery line is still very much a family-run business, Tillanders. Joining me from Helsinki is Jenny Tillander, who's been involved with her family's company since 2014. We know only one piece, or I actually know only one piece that was made for Tsar Alexander III. And it was a cigarette case in gold, and it was enabled in a brilliant translucent rust. And it was given to, to Alexander III's son, the Tsarevich, who then later became Tsar Nicholas III. And, and it was given in, on Christmas Day at Gacina Palace. And the cigarette case, it was engraved inside of it, and it was with the text from Papa, the 25th December, 1893, at Gacina. We have some companies and smaller jewelers who make everything by hand, but more and more it goes to to the faster lane and and, mm, and yeah. so on. But but we, we want to, to continue the traditions, and we think that it's very important to keep the handicraft quality as it has always been, and even better. Jenny has a degree in gemology from the renowned Gemological Institute of America, and she's the youngest member of the family, and she's the sixth generation of Tillanders. Jenny also designed her first jewellery collection for the company in 2020, Transparency. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about that. Uh, Jenny, it's so lovely to have you with me today. Thank you so much for joining me from Helsinki. Um, I'm so looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for having me. I'm also so excited and it would be really nice to just talk a bit about our history and who we are and, and what we have done and where we are now. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about, perhaps you can just tell me a bit about how your family's company began, where it all started. Of course. So our story begins in 1837 when Alexander Tillander was born into a poor tenant family near Helsinki. And when he was 11 years old, he was sent to St. Petersburg to, um, to get contacted with his brother and then find apprentices to a barber. But, and that was not anything unusual back in the time because hundreds of boys and girls from Finland were sent to St. Petersburg to find their fortune. But quite quickly though, Alexander took an immediate dislike to barbering. And then he managed actually to get himself apprenticed to Fredrik Adolf Holstenius, who is a Finnish master goldsmith at Sarskoe Selo. Wow. And then, yeah, and after seven years, he then returned to St. Petersburg. And um, then he was a journeyman for Karl Bex, the German master, and he made the imperial orders and decorations. So there, there the story begins actually. And then by 1860, Alexander, he decided to start out on his own. And he had like 200 rubles, if I remember correctly. 
And with that, he rented a modest room with a workbench and the tools and, and then with the rest of the capsule invested in gold. So there he then began producing some simple gold bangles and, and other smaller things. And um, in addition to work, he also teaches himself to, to read and write. And uh, yeah, because of course he was so young. He was only 24 yeah. when, he, when he started his own, own business. And when the business started to increase and, and he got some apprentices and even a journeyman, he all then started to focus on making fashionable but simple articles appealing to the Russian taste. And I would say it was maybe vivid colors and excessive decora uh, decorativeness. And um, he made a, like, a lot of bangles from gold with pearls and Russian gems. But you know, quite quite the normal stuff with the earrings, the brooches, the cufflinks, yeah. and rings, and so on. And then gradually, yeah, he he acquired a reputation of really quality workmanship. Okay, okay. And then then the business grew, and he got more workers, and and he mastered actually the Russian, French, and German language as well. So he was really, you know, trying to <laughs> stay wow. and, and did a lot of things. And then he married his Finnish housekeeper, uh, who was named Matilda Ingman. And um, they got their, their son in 1870, who was then Alexander Theodor. And, and at the same time, they got new premises on Bolshaya Morskaya Street and Gorohovaya in St. Petersburg. And these premises included the workshop and living quarters for the family and a showroom. Okay. Um, and then some, some new articles came into production, like badges in gold and silver um, decorated with enamel. And they were made for different associations and societies. So were they, can I just ask quickly at this point, so were, um, was he working mainly to commissions um, from from clients, or do we know? I don't know because I'm not a historian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a family member, so it's very very difficult to say actually. But but I think that it was mainly for private customers in the okay. beginning, and then slowly more for association of societies, and and then for the Tsar family later on. But yes, so let's talk a bit about that about about working for the Tsar family. He'd obviously got an amazing reputation by this time to be yes. do we know how he came to the czar's notice no we no. don't actually no i i assume it's because of the context you know you have been working for carl becks and and so on and then if you have a good reputation then of course also people want to have your jewelry is it's like yes. today and the same thing the, the reputation is very very important yeah. So, so uh, in the beginning, he had the the um, let me see here um, the patronage of Marie Fedorovna, and wow. also oh wait, this was now uh, let me see, let me see, this was now uh, Alexander Junior. So yeah, let's talk about Alexander, a real Alexander. Okay, <laughs> Alexander Theodore, the younger Alexander who then started with the business and it became, became much better and bigger and, and so on. And then we have one, 
we know only one piece, or I actually know only one piece that was made for Tsar Alexander III. And it okay. was a cigarette case in gold, and it was wow. enabled in a brilliant translucent rust. And it was given to, to Alexander III's son, the Tsarevich, who then later became Tsar Nicholas III. And, and it was given in, on Christmas Day at Gachina Palace. And the cigarette case, it was engraved inside of it. And it was with the text from Papa, the 25th December, 1893 at Gachina. Mm. So that's the only piece I know that he has been made for, or he made for, for the Tsar Alexander III. Okay. But of course, I think there is more pieces, I assume, but but I don't know them. Don't know. Does yeah. that, do we know, do you know if that cigarette case still survives? Is it still out there somewhere? I, I think so, but I'm not sure Ooh. where it is. Yeah. So, so I hopefully, or I hope there it is somewhere in a museum or, or somewhere, but I don't yeah. know where. <laughs> oh well you never know somebody listening yeah. to this might be able to come forward and tell us <laughs> of course, exactly yeah you do that <laughs> and wow. also he made also pieces for marie fedorovna and okay. the tsar and Tsarina and um, the grand duchess olga so so they have been you know quite big pieces and and a lot of pieces made for the tsar families but the only thing i know that the prices has been varying between 100 pounds and 7,800 pounds, but I don't know what kind of pieces. So it's a mystery uh, also for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. but how interesting. And um, do we know, so do, do we know much about Alexander's, uh, I, I, I know you said that he um, had worked on commissions for, mm. um, for various members of the Russian royal family. Um, I guess, do we know, were these pieces often given as gifts between family members, like the cigarette case, or are we, do we not know that? I unfortunately don't know, but I assume it's more gifts because that was quite popular back in the time. You know, yeah. it was the, uh, the Fabergé who made a lot of the eggs, and it was... Yes. The thing that you gave an egg to a family member or the women so so I assume it's always the gifts yeah okay mm. and and what what effect because obviously then the Russian revolution breaks out yeah. um what effect did this have on your family and their business well the first revolution of course it was shocking but but they survived the first one but then uh, 1917, at the, with the Bolshevik Revolution, that was the final blow for Tillanders as well. And, and um, of course, the family was not taken by surprise because of the first revolution. So they had actually buried some of the pieces in their summer house garden in, in Finland. Wow. <laughs> and, and they had transferred considerable funds as well to other banks abroad. So the business had to shut down in September 1917. And in November, it was a tragedy because uh, six uh, bandits and the former journeyman uh, shot Alexander Sr., but the wounds were not fatal, luckily, and he didn't die uh, for that. But, but one year later, then he, he passed away in, in St. Petersburg. Oh. So, so it was a little bit of tumult situation there, there at the family. But... Um, the same year, 1917, when the Bolshevik Revolution 
was. Alexander Jr. and his family didn't return from the holiday in Lumaki in Finland. So they left St. Petersburg and then moved back to, to Helsinki in Finland. And uh, of course, Finland then declared itself independent. Yeah. And um, after that, it was, of course, a difficult time for Alexander Jr. But then he teamed up with another jeweler named Viktor Lindman. Oh. And, yeah, and had a business a couple of years with him until 1921, when Artilander was reestablished in Helsinki. Incredible. So, so then the, the story begins or continues. And uh, it was quite cool. They had really good uh, designers in the company. But maybe one that we could talk about is Oscar Peel. He yeah. was the son of um, one of the Fabergé's Moscow masters. And he had also a promising career in front of him in St. Petersburg as the Fabergé's head designer. But unfortunately, or luckily for us, he also had to, to leave St. Petersburg. And then he became the, the, the head designer for Tillander in from 1923 until his death in 1957. So, so he did remarkable pieces. I've seen some sketches that he, he drew and, and they are really, really nice. My goodness. So yeah. this this almost feels like um, a real turning point for your family's mm. business and the company because they had um, left St. Petersburg and survived the revolution mm. and reestablished themselves in Finland and yeah. doing really, really well for themselves. And then, and then yeah. as you said, yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, it was tough times back in the days, and it's you know, yeah. but it, but it's really nice that that the history has been quite you know because of everything that has happened. We are still here, and we have to be really proud of that. And and maybe the biggest, I would say, if we are comparing the history and what we are doing now, is that that before they had quite a lot of different designers who were not actually the Tillander family. But yeah. nowadays it is actually in our company, my mother who designs everything and she is a Tillander. So that's quite nice that he has also taken a turning point in there that it's not only other designers designing the pieces, but now it's also the, the family members. Yes. So let's talk a bit about that. So you yeah. mentioned your, your mother there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, that's wonderful because obviously as you said, your mother designs pieces. You're also very actively involved in the company. So I guess, was it the case that your mother, I guess like you in some ways, grew up knowing the family history and um, was it a very natural, a natural decision for her to follow in her well, family? Actually, yeah. When my grandfather, Torbjörn Tillander, he established his own company after a couple of years when he had been the Artilander's um, director of the Goldsmiths Workshop. Then later on, he established his own company, Atelier Torbjörn Tillander. And, and when he then got my mother and, and my aunt, um, they were quite young. And, um, and then when Tina, my mother, when she was... 16 years old she was sent to to japan to study pearls 
And uh, yeah, and then she was also in Germany to become a gemologist. So, so I think that she was always, you know, she wanted to do something. She didn't want to just stay here in Finland and, and go to school. She wanted to, you know, explore the world. And, and this was a, a great place for her to do it because, because she had her father and her mother who, who always backed her up. And, mm -hmm. and after that, yeah, when she was there and she came back, then, then unfortunately my grandfather Torbjörn, he then passed away quite, quite young. And my mother had to take over the company 1994. So, so she has been the, the wheel of the company since that. And um, during the, even the, the, that back in the times, and now she is the, the designer in our company and she makes re remarkable pieces. It's crazy when I, I just researched, researched a little bit in our websites before, before this talk and, and I'm just looking at the pieces and they are so unique actually because they are very simple, very uh, with daring visions and bold designs, but still very feminine and, and unique. So, so I really, I am really glad that she is the designer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you, you've, you've actually designed your own range as well. Yes. So I, yeah, I did my first jewelry collection last year, so in 2020, and it was named Transparency, and I used quite a lot of ecologically produced um, aquaria pearls from Vietnam and uh, ecologically sourced sapphires from Ilacaca. So I wanted to be very transparent with, with all the pieces I then designed. And one very cool thing is actually that back in the days in St. Petersburg, when Artilander had its 50th anniversary, they had a really big party at um, Hotel Le Europe in Nevsky Prospect. And the workers actually gave Alexander Senior, they had made a silver statue for him where he was at the anvil making some kind of jewelry piece. And I had the, the possibility to borrow this statue when I was designing my jewelry collection. And I used it as a mock-up for one of the jewelry pieces I made. So, so it was actually quite cool. <laughs> that's, that's very cool. That's <laughs> what an amazing experience. That yes. must have been so inspiring. It was. It was. And it was very cool because, of course, I have always been quite young and I'm still quite young. And I oh. haven't known to so much about our family history and so on. But, but last year when I then designed my first jewelry collection, then I really, really wanted to know more about the history in our, of our family and, and so on. So it was very, very nice to, to have the chance to have the silver statue for a couple of weeks and, and yeah. use it. Yeah. And you'd also, so prior to that, you had studied gemology as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so I was quite young after after school. I was um, seven, eighteen when I go, went to Saint Petersburg actually to study the Russian language for a couple of months because we had quite a lot of Russian customers. But then after that, I came back to to Helsinki and worked in our shop. And of course, when you are you are talking to customers and you have amazing colleagues and your mother besides you who tells you everything about the stones and the pearls and 
and uh, handicraft, it's not the same as you are having the, the, the knowledge by yourself. Mm. Because when I have the knowledge, when, when I know that I have uh, read about some, you know, demantoid garnets or diamonds, and then I'm selling a piece to a customer, then of course the customer trusts me even more yeah. than if I'm just a young girl selling pieces and I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so that was a really big turning point for me that I wanted to, to study gemology and and then have the knowledge by myself. Yeah, yeah, and that's so, amazing. Yeah, and it's very important nowadays that you have the knowledge and and the, the whole jewelry business is taking such a big leap forward all the time and you need to stay focused and and you need to read all the time about the the new treatments and and everything so that you know that you can that you can have the the really good relation to your customers and that you know what you are selling to them and that the customers know what they are buying and for mm -hmm. us the quality in everything we do is is really really important mm. we have the the long history and our they have always made very high quality jewelry and that is something that we still want to have in our company as well and that is also why we have our workshop in the middle of helsinki just a couple of blocks away from the shop so that we always can provide our customers the best service and that we know that the the quality of the the work our goldsmiths are making are always on the top and that the designs and the goldsmiths work always goes hand in hand so so it's very important for us to just keep the quality really good and and not not take any any you know leaps or or doing yeah. something with the left hand yeah and so the goldsmiths are actually still making all of the pieces for yes. the shop by hand yes everything yeah. even we are even making the alloys ourselves and then they are making all the pieces from beginning to end by hand so just you know as they have been doing for hundreds of years so yes. it's very very special and and you see also that the 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 work is really nice in the jewelry pieces Wonderful. And yeah. you must be one of the only companies, jewellery companies left that are still doing that, are you, by, by hand? And Yeah, of course, some are, are doing by hand. Um, in Finland, we have some companies and smaller jewellers who make everything by hand, but more and more it goes to to the faster lane and, and, mm, and yeah. so on. But but we, we want to, to continue the traditions and we think that it's very important to keep the handicraft quality as it has always been and even better. And in Finland, actually, we have four different companies with the same Tilander name in it, but but yeah. it's only two of them who are still owned by family members. So it's us, Atelier Turbien Tilander, and then my aunt has her own company, Annette Tilander. But all the other companies are not owned by a family member anymore so so oh. that's what also we want to just keep us unique always have the best quality that the the clients know where to come for for the real tilander quality yeah and 
do you, what sort of what sort of pieces do you specialize in today well mostly we use a lot of pearls so we use tahitian pearls south sea pearls and very very rarely freshwater pearls they have to be really top quality to to use them and uh, and then we have of course colored gemstones a lot we always combine colored gemstones and pearls in different ways and and then diamonds of course you you can't be without diamonds so so that's the that's the pieces we are made of of those those minerals and and pearls wow yeah. i mean no that's just amazing and um I mean, if people are listening to this episode and they want to find out more about your family's history mm. and more about the company and, and see some of the Talanda's pieces, where's mm. the best place that you could tell them to look? Well, for, for the Talanda pieces, our pieces, then I would say that it's best to, to visit our website, which is tilander.com. Very, very easy to find, find it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you would like to, to read more about the history, then, then a couple of books. I have The Master Jewelers, which is really good. And then uh, one of my, my the family members, Ulla Tilander Gudenjelm, she, she is also a historian and, and writes a lot of books about our history and, and so on. So... I, I assume there is a lot of information on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's just so fascinating. And I just think it's incredible to think about the way in which your family started this mm. business and to think that you are still very much a part of that today. And it is at its heart still a family business. Yes. And it's a huge legacy to continue and, and it's um, it's a very nice nice thing to have, and and you have your family company, and you're working besides your mother, and it's very unique actually to to have a small family company and and be a family because also our goldsmiths most of them have been working for us for 20, 30 years, so it is actually a really family company we are having here in Helsinki, and I just love it because you know as you said Alexander um started out being apprenticed to a barber mm. and <laughs> and he obviously didn't like that so he no. didn't enjoy that so and thank goodness he decided to to go and train to be a goldsmith exactly. and <laughs> just a, an, an amazing story to tell so thank you so much for for sharing some of your family's history with me it's been amazing Thank yeah you. of course I'm not a historian so I'm just telling my point of view of things and and what I know but but as I said there are a lot of books and and articles on on internet where you can read more about our history and our family and yeah I'm sure lots of people will go and do that but most people won't get the opportunity to listen to you speak about it so <laughs> It's been a massive privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Your pleasure. Well, what an episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did enjoy the episode, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and please press subscribe. 
Join us again soon for another episode of History Gems.